Okay, today Bezat Hashem will be learning Daf Kuf Aleph in Maseches Pesachim, three lines down. In order to get here today, Garano had to stay up till two in the morning watching the Food Channel. So we're going to be discussing food. Kiddush b'makom Sauda. Why do you suppose, Garanowitz, would you have to make Kiddush b'makom Sauda? Do you understand what this means? This means that when you're making Kiddush, if you really believe that the Kiddush has to be made where the food is, that means if all you're doing is making Kiddush and Shul, that's how we got into this yesterday. We said if all you're doing is making Kiddush and Shul, so then you may not be Yotze the Kiddush, right? The Kiddush may not work because you did not make the Kiddush Right, in the place where you are also eating. Right? As it says. So let's see three lines down. Ushmuel, this was the, this was the din of Shmuel. Three lines down in Kuf Alpha Madalf. Ushmuel, Lomali Lekadushe Bebe Knishta. According to Shmuel, right, who says that in, again, Shmuel had a din that you need to make Kiddush in the place where you eat. Which means that Kiddush has to be in the context of where food is. This is what we're talking about. It has to be in a context. Kiddush is like you're, you are Mekadesh the day, right? You're acknowledging, right? W- w- the exact purpose and function of Kiddush is, is, is more subtle and esoteric than I'm explaining. But in general, you're, what you're doing is you're highlighting and introducing the beauty of the day, right? And, but it has to be in the context of a meal. Right? There has to be sort of like, that's the substructure of your Kiddush. That's the din of Shmuel. That has to be Kiddush, b'makom suda. That when you make the Kiddush, it has to be in the context of a meal. So to that, the Gemara asks, three lines down, kafal from a bay, kafal from a dollar. Kiddush in the Shabbos, and then yeah. everybody runs to the, 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 the kitchen. Right. So, 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 so we're going to talk about this first. So, so we're going to say, do you have to make it in the place where the food is? The question that the Gemara asks on Kuf Aleph, Amad Aleph, three lines down is, if, in fact, Kiddush has to be made in the context of a meal, then why do we make Kiddush in Shul after davening where there is no meal? That's the question over there. According to Shmuel, who says you have to make Kiddush, why are you making Kiddush in Shul where, in fact, there is no meal? So the Gemara answers simply that there is a meal. To... Uh, in order to, to be moitzi, so to speak, right, the guests, the guests where? The guests of the shul. They eat the, and drink and sleep. Exactly, in the shul. Because they're eating and then drinking and sleeping in shul, in the synagogue. Right, and Shmuel is still consistent with his own reasoning, which is, the Kiddush has to be made. So in other words, according to Shmuel, ironically, the reason why we make Kiddush and Shul is in order to fulfill Kiddush B'makam Suda, right? The reason why we make Kiddush and Shul is because there are people eating there. And the Kiddush must be made where people are eating. So Bari Leibowitz, the great Afyomi master, asks, um, well, points out, I should say, what Tosfus asks, which is, are you covered basic nessus? Right? Covered basic nessus. You're not supposed to eat and drink and sleep in a shul. So he says, all right, I mean, I, it, he, so it's not the shul, it's the social hall, it's downstairs, right? He talks about shtibels. A big difference whether you know you're in a shul or in a shtibel, if you're in a shtibel, you'll see a mezuzah, right? A shul technically may not need a mezuzah, right? The same way. Uh, if it's a real makam kadosh in its own right, 
but be that as it may, right, so let's say it has the sanctuary, just like we're here in B'nai Jacob Shari Zion, so we have the sanctuary, we have the base of Medrash, so maybe, uh, and, and then you can have the social hall, and you could even have sleeping quarters downstairs, that's okay, and so that's where the Kiddush is being made. Now, to that, the Gemara says, Sover me na, honey mili mi bais labais. So analyzing this idea of Kiddush b'makam suda. So this is going to be interesting. Let me ask you a question. If, can I make Kiddush upstairs in shul in the sanctuary, uh, and then, uh, and then that Kiddush, can that, can you be mozi people who are going to eat next door in the social hall? Or, or do I need to make Kiddush in the social hall itself? In other words, within this din of Shmuel, of Kiddush b'makam suda, does the Kiddush have to take place in the actual same room within a house? That's the question we're asking now. Does it have, to, can you make Kiddush in one house? And then, uh, before B'nai Jacob Shari Zion, uh, f- uh, merged, could you make Kiddush in B'nai Jacob and then go eat it, uh, the meal at Shari Zion? So, let's see. So, so for me now, honey meal and bias labai. So the first, uh, I guess assumption, right, of those who learned this halacha of Shmuel was that you need to have, right, Kiddush in the same house. So in other words, if you're making Kiddush in B'nai Jacob, you have to, you cannot eat the food in Sharei Zayin. Aval b'makom l'makom b'chad lo. But once the shul merged, and let's say you're in our current location here, B'nai Jacob Shar Zayin, and you make the Kiddush, let's say, upstairs, m'makom l'makom. So you make the Kiddush in the sanctuary. And then you can eat in the social. Can that work? So we say from that, from one place to the other, right, within the same house is okay. In other words, that would not be a problem. You would not have to repeat Kiddush Right, if you made the uh, kiddush not in the same room, but as long as you made it within the same house, is that's what that means. Or what? Uh, that, that's a, that's right. So zochas yom hashabbos lakadsho. We say that in right in kiddush. Right. right. So 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 it's, so that so that's an interesting question because right. But and so v'karasim lashabbos oneg. Right. The idea is why? Where is he getting? You're, you're asking actually like a, a very fundamental question with the Kiddush Makam Suda. You're saying, let's go back to the basics. What's the source of Kiddush? And once you see the source of Kiddush, where do you see in that source of Kiddush the idea of, right, Makam Suda? So, so, so that, that's a very good question. And the Mepharshim explained that it's within the Psukim, right? First of all, Zochas Yom Shabbos Lakacho, as we say when we recite Kiddush, uh, uh, as many people say when they recite Kiddush in the, in the uh, Shabbos day. So the idea is that you have to be Mekadesh, right? Mekadesh HaShabbos. You have to be Mekadesh HaShabbos, which is to declare the Kiddush of Shabbos. And we have uh, Psukim that reference that this, this Kiddusha also involves a degree of Oneg, and it intertwined with the idea of being Mekadesh the day is the idea of Oneg. So there is allusion to Kiddush B'makam Suda, but the idea of Kiddush B'makam Suda is attributed here to Shmuel. It's not a straight-up Midor Raisa, um, it's not a straight-up, I should say, Pasuk that's, that's clear Midor Raisa, although Shmuel certainly would hold that if you make the Kiddush not B'makam Suda, you would in fact have to, you wouldn't be Yotza, you would in fact have to repeat the Kiddush. So that, that was a... I have to ask you, what bracha did they say on the month? Oh... What bracha did they say on the man? I actually heard this. Oh, moti lechem in hashemayim. Okay. Amalahu of Anan bar Tachlifa. Andrew laughing. He is. That that is him laughing. 
He's falling apart. You have to see from this angle, he's laughing a lot. Armelu of Anambar Tachlifa. Rav Anambar Tachlifa said, Zimnim Sagin Hava Kamina Kameda Shmuel. Okay, many times I was with Shmuel. And he would go down. So let's say, let's say the social hall was downstairs and the shul was on the roof. They would say Kabbal Shabbos on the roof and we would daven on the roof. And then we would go down to the, to, he would go downstairs. In other words, after davening on the roof upstairs where we did Kabbal Shabbos, uh, we would go, uh, and, you know, if you go to um, Tzfas, where Kabbal Shabbos was invented, right? Uh, that the, the shul over there has the rooftop, Right? It has a shul on the rooftop, and you can say Kabbalah Shabbos there when you go to Yeshiva. It's a beautiful experience. And then the social is downstairs. But he wouldn't make the Kiddush upstairs where, um, where they davened. He would wait to go downstairs in order to make Kiddush. This is uh, an illustration, uh, basically, of Anan Bar Tachlifa saying, uh, he's illustrating the idea that Shmuel was practicing what he preached. He would, in fact, go downstairs to make the Kiddush, but it makes it sound that even within the same building, he did not want to make the Kiddush upstairs and then eat downstairs. He wanted to wait until he got downstairs in order to make the Kiddush within the same house, B'makom Suda. Okay, now, uh, do, let's cite some opinions that agree with Shmuel. The offer of Huna Savar ain't Kiddush of B'makom Suda. Rav Huna also had this Shita. The Rav Huna Kadesh is Akrele Shraga. Because one time, Rav Huna made Kiddush. Then his lamp fell and now it became dark. There's an issue with making Kiddush in the dark uh, because there's an assumption that maybe people won't want to eat or won't want to make Kiddush. It's going to be difficult in the dark. The, 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 um, the, the Rashbam points out they won't want to eat in the dark and therefore it almost becomes a de facto not Kiddush from Mokum Suda because you're not going to eat the Suda there. So what happened? The light, he made Kiddush already. Then the light goes out. The So they brought all the stuff, all the food and all the meal to what's called the chuppah house of Rabbah Bray, of his son Rabbah. His, his son Rabbah had the house in which he was getting uh, ready, right, for where he was actually having his shever brachos, okay? They were having shever brachos, so that's called, right, that's called the ve'ganane, right, the chuppah house. So in those days, shever brachos were very elaborate. You'd have like your shever brachos house. So they were having the Shavrachos, and so they brought everything into Shavrachos to have a Shraga, because there, the party was, party was lit, and the lamp was still burning, and so they had to move the food over there. So now, they moved the food over there. So let me ask you this, Kalman. He made Kiddush already, but then the light went out. So then they went over to the Chuppah house, where the party was still going on, and, and everything was lit. So what would be the ultimate expression of Kiddush Bermakam Suda? It would be that you would have to make Kiddush again. Right? So, and sure enough, Ravuna, what did he do? Vekadish Vitaimidi. He made Kiddush again. Again, he already made Kiddush, but he wasn't Yaitse Yechap Garanowitz because it wasn't Malcolm Suda. Okay, because the lights went out. This, this is really a Kiddush. Because he, when he made the Kiddush, it was Malcolm Suda. In other words, he made the Kiddush. And then the location, he made the Kiddush, and the food was there. See, this is, uh, we were obviously. We're, we're touching on all the topics. I, I just want to bring them out. Uh, you know, we can't get into every single one because each one is a, 
extensive discussion. But, but think of what this means as far as the implications, as far as what this means for Kiddush Lamakam Suda. It means that at the time that he made the Kiddush, so you might say, okay, Kiddush Lamakam Suda just means that when you make the Kiddush, the food is there. Now, when Ravuna made the Kiddush, the food was there. It's only after he finished the Kiddush that now the lights went out, right? And almost at that point, because he wasn't going to eat there, retroactively, his Kiddush became null. You know, that's, a, that's, that's a bracha that he already made. And despite that, the, despite the fact that Bashas Kiddush, as it were, everything was cool, later on, because the lights went out and it ended up being retroactively not Bamakam Suda in retrospect, he had to make the Kiddush again. So that's a Kiddush that the Suda has to actually happen. You have to taste it. And that's what the Gemara is going to bring out. In other words, that you haven't really captured it as Kiddush Bamakam Suda until you eat. So that means that if you're at a Kiddush, <laughs> at, that's Bimakam Suda and you don't take and you don't partake of some of the food, it would imply that you weren't Yotze Kiddush Bimakam Suda. You'd have to make Kiddush again. So anyways, Ravuna Kaddish Vitai Midi. So he made Kiddush again when he went to the Sheriff Bracha's house of his son. And he ate something. Once he ate a shtickle, that was okay. So says the Gemara, Alma Kasavar in Kiddush El Bimakam Suda. This is a, a, an application of, of the din. He holds like Shmuel, Ravuna does, that Kiddush is Bimakam Suda. Who else holds like him? Rabba. But Af Rabba says the Gemara Savar ain't Kiddush of Bamakam Suda. How do we know that? The Amar Abaye, because Abaye said, Ki Havina Beimar, when I was a student in Rabba's yeshiva, Ki Hava Makadesh, he would make Kiddush. Remember who, remember who Abaye's Chavrusa was in, uh, in Rabba's yeshiva? Rava. Okay, so Ki Hava Makadesh, when he would say Kiddush, Amarlan, he would say to us, Te'imu Midi. So sure enough, an application really of the din that we learned in the name of Huna here, that after Kiddush, he wanted everybody to take a piece. Why? He would tell them, Dilma ad azlisu le'ushpiza, misakra l'chushraga, right? He says, eat some now, right? So amazing. We would be in yeshiva. This is going to conjure up images of a lot of you when you're in yeshiva, right? That you make Kiddush, and, he, and you would have to eat a little bit, right? To take... He would say, eat a little bit now because you're going to go back to the dorms and the lights are going to go out. And, or you go back to the Chadarochel, really, right? You're going to go back to the dining room and maybe the lights will go out in the dining room even. So in other words, he would make Kiddush. So, so, right? And, and so whether they were going back to their homes or they're going back to the dorms, wherever they were going, there was always a possibility, even if there was going to be food there, and the assumption here is that they were going to go back, let's say, to homes where there was food. But there, the lights could go out. So he says, we're in yeshiva now. Eat something in yeshiva now, and you'll yaitse, you'll be yaitse kedesh from Malcolm Suda, right? Because if you go back, you never know what will happen light, with your lights. And if the lights do, in fact, go out, it'll turn out that you did not make kiddush where you generally eat. And such a kiddush that you heard here, if you don't eat, this, the implication is, if you don't eat, you will not be yotze lo nafkisu, right? You, lo nafkisu, literally, you won't go out, you won't fulfill your obligation. Nafkisu and yotze means the same thing, right? You won't fulfill your obligation unless you eat a little something here. So here, another idea, that it, another um, illustration of the idea that unless you eat, you're not yotze kish v'makam sudas, as the Gemara continues to say, the ain't kiddush el v'makam suda. The reasoning of Rabbah was because there's no kiddush v'makam suda. Now, to this idea of Rabbah, the Gemara asks, any, and does Rabbah really hold of this idea of kiddush v'makam suda, of Shmuel's idea of ha'amar abaye, 
Now, this is going to be an interesting challenge of Rabbah as follows. Abaye, who was Rabbah's student, said, Kol Mila Damar, everything that the, that the Rosh Shiva said, Hava Ovid Karav. He used to hold like Rav. Now, we know that Rav and Shmuel were famous uh, Bale Plukta, right? They used to, Rav and Shmuel used to have a lot of uh, shitas. They were on two sides of many issues, okay? And on those issues, Abaye would always side with Rav, with the exception of three, three times. Uh, anybody curious what those three times are? Well, here it is. The Gemara is going to tell you. He would, he would side with Rav in every occasion, except for Levar Mehane Tlasta Ovid Kishmuel. There were only three occasions that he held like Shmuel. Now what's going to happen is, if one of those occasions is Kiddush Shmuel Kamsuda, we're okay. But if not, so then we got trouble because how is it that Rabbah over here is going to hold like Shmuel that you need Kiddush Shmuel Kamsuda? Apparently that too was a machlokus between Rav and Shmuel. And since Shmuel, right, as we saw, and, si- and since, uh, right, and since Shmuel holds Kishma Kapsuda, how could Rabbah hold like Shmuel? Because after all, he only supposed to, he's only supposed to, or he's recorded as only holding like Shmuel in the following three exceptional cases, as follows. Case number one, Matirin mi begad le begad. There was machlokas between Rav and Shmuel as to whether you can undo Matirin, right, kosher matir, whether you could undo tzitzis from one begad in order to bring it to another begad. Yeah, I saw what you did there. It's intertwined like tzitzis. Yeah. Um, it is, it is. Everything coming together. You have to hold cup. You have to pay attention. Tosos helps bringing all the Gemaras from everywhere. It's fascinating. I agree with you. I think it's amazing. So there was a machlokas. Uh, what's the machlokas? Why would you, why would it be okay? Why would it not be okay to take tzitzis from one beggar to another? So that machlokas comes up in Menach, in Menachos. Come, uh, um, which is right, where you talk about whether it is disrespectful to the first baguette in order right, to take the tzitzis off of it. In other words, we have a chiv to put tzitzis on a baguette, right? If you have a four-cornered garment, you put tzitzis on it. Okay, so now you have a, bag, a garment with tzitzis on it. Is it disrespectful to take those tzitzis off once you've put the tzitzis on? Um, even if it is in order to put tzitzis on another baguette. This is... Um, Reminiscent of the idea of taking mezuzahs off one house to put onto another. I'm, uh, uh, right, so that, that I, uh, that, that is also sometimes a question that they ask when you're moving from one place to another. You can take the mezuzahs from off to the other. You can take the tzitzahs off the other. Anyways, that, that was a machlokas ravish Shmuel. Okay. Um, so on that one, and as we'll see, so Shmuel there was, was what? Was Mekil. He allowed it, right. Shmuel there allowed the tzitzis being taken off from one to the other. So on that, Rabbah agreed. Madlikin miner l'ner, this comes up with Hanukkah, Masech Shabbos, right? Can you uh, light from one Hanukkah light to another Hanukkah light? So that Shmuel allowed as well, and Rabbah held like him there. The halacha ki Rabbi Shimon Are we going to get into this now? This is the famous machlokis, right? Rabbi Shimon and, and Rabbi Yehuda, right? About Davashayin and Miskavin, right? The, the, the Shah Sugya, that Grira. Grira is dragging the bench on Shabbos. When you drag a bench, you, what happens? You create, uh, you create a groove in the ground, right? So that is, right? That is a, a malacha of Shabbos to, to make the groove in the ground. However, are you doing it to make the groove of the ground or are you doing it in order to remove the bench? Clearly you're doing it with the kavana of moving the bench. Certainly if that is your kavana, 
So then, that would be a machlokas as to whether this davar she'enu miskavim would be chayiv. The Tanya, like we learned in Breitza, Rabbi Shimon Omer, now, right, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Gare Adam Mite, Mita Kisei Vesafsal B'Shabbos. Right? So this is the halacha that a person could drag it. Of course, if his intention is to make the groove in the ground, that's going to be certainly usher, right? But Mosech Shabbos, right? They, this was the famous machlokas of Davar She'eno Miskavin. Now, what does this have to do with Shmuel? So you have to look in Mosech Shabbos, and there you'll see that Shmuel agreed with Rabbi Shimon with regards to this case as far as Davar She'eno Miskavin being mutter. Obviously, again, can you spend a month on just this line of Gemara? Certainly, you can go back to Davar She'eno Miskavin and, and, you know, tease out all the cases. But be that as it may, this was an area where Shmuel was Mekel like Rabbi Shimon and Rabba held like Shmuel. So in all of these cases, the Tzitzis and their Hanukkah and the Davashayin and Miskavein, those were the three cases the Rabba held like Shmuel and against Rav, right? And was Mekel. However, in those cases, we don't see any indication, right, of Rabba holding like Shmuel in Kiddush Malkam Suda. None of those three cases are Kiddush Malkam Suda. This was a biased challenge. How, therefore, can you say that Rabba agreed to Shmuel to, on this concept of Kiddush Malkam Suda? We thought he only agreed with Shmuel on these three things. So to that, the Gemara answers, that no, that the only time, right, that, that there were times when uh, Rabba held like Rav against Shmuel with these three exceptions, and all of those three exceptions, Shmuel was the Mekil. However, Kekuli the Rav, Loava Ovid. However, when Shmuel was Machmir, as is the case where Kiddush B'Makam Suda, then when Shmuel was Machmir, then Rabba would hold like Shmuel. In other words, Rabba held like Rav when he was Machmir. When Rav was Mekil, Rabba did not hold like him. Okay, so he's machmir like Shmuel that you, that the Kiddush must be the Makam Suda. Right? That's what, that's what the, Ra, the Rashbam explains. What about the Rashbam? I mean, why did Rashbam come in? Where was Rashbam? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you weren't here yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, uh, behooves us to repeat. On Arve Psachim, Rashi's Einikal, his grandson, kicks in. In addition to Rashi on top, on the Rashi side, there's Rashbam on the bottom. The Einikal is more verbose than his grandfather Rashi was, and the Rashbam spells more things out. Um, so here, for example, he spells out a very interesting idea. He asks the question, didn't we learn that in Erevin already, you'll remember this from Erevin, that you're not really supposed to, I mean, pay, pay attention to what we just said about Rabbah. This, what we just said about Rabbah is he held like Rav, or like Shmuel, depending who was more machmir. On every issue, he went with the more machmir opinion, with like three exceptions where Shmuel was mekil, and he still held like Shmuel. But basically, this whole idea of him holding like Rav, it's only because he held like Rav when he was machmir. And uh, presumably it makes it sound like Rav was machmir often, so he held like Rav. But where Shmuel was machmir, as is the case here, in Kishimakam Suda, he was machmir. So can you really do that? Can you hold like whoever's machmir, Beit Shammai or Beit so, the Rashbam offers, uh, some suggestions. Rabari Leibowitz, the great Dafyomi master, uh, gives a whole bunch of opinions. First of all, to me, the one that makes, um, well, it's connected to Gemara a little bit. See, 
Kiddush Mamakam Suda, is that really a Chumrah? To say that it has to be Mamakam Suda, whenever you make brachos, it's hard to say what's a Chumrah and what's a Kula, because every Chumrah is a Kula. Um, you know, to not allow, to, to say the bracha is also a kula, because you're not allowed to make a bracha levatala. But the Gemara makes it sound like this is a chomer of Shmuel, that the Kiddush Shemakam Suda. So the Rashbam says, the Rashbam's, the Rashbam's, uh, the Rashbam's um, uh, shot over here is he says, this is Hakaimalan, Hanimili Hecha de Sachanahadadi. Okay? Uh, so in other words, the only time where he would say, uh, that one that you can't pick and choose chumras is when they're mutually exclusive of each other. That only one could be right, uh, so to speak. Uh, but when it could be that you could see it this way or you could see it that way, so then it's not quite as um, severe as you might think in, to be machmir and to be note lechumra in one way or another. Be that as it may, Rabbah was. Typically, no to lechumer. It sounds like with respect to machloks in Rav and Shmuel, and that was in cases where the pshatim weren't so sere one another, as the Rashbam explains. So fascinating, again, fascinating insights. You can go very deep over here. This is Arve Psachim, which is uh, like all gishmak sugyas one after another um, in succession here. So we're we're very fortunate indeed to be uh, to be learning this these inyanim that are so relatable. Okay. Oh yeah, and it even sticks in some Passover. Yeah, we're gonna be more Passover stuff coming. We're about to get to the Seder, and we're gonna get to the to the Seder before it's all said and done. You so know, don't I worry. So so you're gonna you're gonna love this. You you're, you have a lot to look forward to. Okay, okay. Third third. Are you ready for a third opinion regarding Kiddush Malkam Suda? So it's like this. Earlier yesterday we talked about uh, two shitas, whether you yotze Kiddush, right? Or whether you say both, right, um, right, in shul. When you make the kiddush from Malcolm Suda in shul. So one said, well, you're not yotze the Borah Pira Guffin. That you're not yotze the Borah Pira, that even though you're yotze, there's a machlokas whether you're yotze kiddush because of kiddush from Malcolm Suda and whether you'd have to repeat kiddush again. And then they say, well, certainly, even if you don't have to repeat kiddush, you have to at least recite, right, be the Borah Pira Guffin again. Because remember, you can split it into two issues. One is the issue of Kiddush B'makam Suda, right? Do you need to make Kiddush where you're having the meal? The other issue is a straight-up brachos issue. When you make a birchas anen in food in one place, are you motzi the food in another place? When you make a birchas anen on a food in one place and then move to a different location, do you need to make that bracha again? That sugya from brachos is rekindled now. And so... So it's, and that's going to be, that's going to take us home with regards to Kofalif, uh, Daf Kofalif and Yerbsachim. That's sort of like the second act in Daf Kofalif. And it starts off with the sheet of Rabbi Yochanan. The third sheet here, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Afidei Yai Nami Yotsu. This we didn't see before. Rabbi Yochanan holds that even the Bore Priha Gafain that you said in Shul is Moitzi you for when you get home. Meaning you don't need to even repeat Bore Priha Gafain. That's remarkable. Don't you always have to repeat what your bracha, your, your your bracha, when you move from one location to another? So says the Gemara. The Azda Rabbi Yochanan Tamei. Rabbi Yochanan agrees with himself, right? The Amar of Chanin Barbai, Amar Rabbi Padas, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, because it was quoted in the name of Yochanan. Echad Shino Yain. That whether you change your wine, remember when you bring another type of food, a different taste of wine to the table, somehow do you have to make a, an additional bar priyagafen? But Rabbi Yochanan holds you don't, because Echad Shinui Yain, as we turn to Kafal from Beis, the Echad Shinui Makom, there it is, 
And Rabbi Yochanan says that even when you change a place, you don't have to make a second Bori Priya Gafen on the Yain, right? Now, the Rashbam. See, so here's a classic example of the difference between Rashi and the Rashbam. The Rashi, if you look at the top, says, He just gives you like the, the Pashib shot in the Gemara. You don't have to make a second Bracha on the Yain. The Rashbam, if you look down there, says, So he gives you right more background that this applies not only to Yain, but this is Shitas Rabbi Yochanan in all Berchas in the food. Anything that you're going to eat, Wow, a general idea with food. You mentioned the food channel, Goranowitz. So let's say you start in one place and then you move to another place. Do you need to make, a, and you're carrying your, your donut? So that's the question. Does it matter if it's a donut or if it's a candy apple? Does it matter what kind of bracha is it? We're going to get a little bit into this. This is a straight up brachos issue. But we're going to get into it a little bit over here. This sheet of Rabbi Yochanan that you don't have to make a second bracha. Uh, and Rashbam adds, very importantly, Right? As long as you didn't have any hesachadas and any interruption of thought between the bracha and when you went moved to your new location, then you would not have to make another bracha. That is, in fact, the big chiddush of Rabbi Yochanan. And we're going to bring sources that seem to challenge that idea, that, that all you have to do is have it in mind, and you can carry your food around with you and not have to make another bracha as you change locations, as if, follows. If I, get a, if I get a chocolate donut... Go ahead, chocolate donut, so that's a Mizonos. And I, I just eat the chocolate off of it. Uh-huh. I mean, do I have to, what do I make, chocolate or Mizonos? Uh, so if you're only eating the chocolate off the donut, do you make a chocolate? So right, so you're getting into Hilchot Brachos now. So that's, a, so that's a good question. But that also explains why it la- uh, the other day when there was a yard site, I saw a chocolate donut with all the chocolate eaten off of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mesve. So they asked him the Bryce. So straight up, right? There's a Bryce that says that when you change your place, you need to make a bracha. Again, that sounds like it's against Rabbi Yochanan. But when you have your change of, right, yain, when you bring the second different kind of yain, you don't have to make another bar pier guffin. However, to Rabbi Yochanan, the first part of this brisa sounds like it's an unchallenged brisa, and it sounds like it challenges, right, the brisa itself, uh, nobody says anything otherwise, and so this is a threat to, not with regards to the shinu yain, but the shinu makom, part is against the sheet of Rabbi Yochanan, right? It says that when you change makam, you can't, uh, you can't just rely on your original bracha, you have to make a bracha again, to which the Gemara actually concedes, Tiyuvta. This, in fact, uh, shoots out our sheet of Rabbi Yochanan. So it turns out that, right, according to the Spraisa, the halacha would not be like Rabbi Yochanan. I guess Rabbi Yochanan was unaware, right, of this, uh, of this Brisa, or whatever it was, and he, and he did not hold like this, but we do not hold like Rabbi Yochanan with regards to the Shinui Makam. You can't just go and make, but, and, and, and not have to make, you can't just move from one place or another and expect to not have to make another bracha. But let's see. The story isn't over yet with regards to this issue. That's following. Yasser of Idi bar Avin Kameder of Chista. Okay, so of Idi bar Avin was singing with Chista. Yasser of Chista Vakamar Mishmeder of Una. And Rav was saying in the name of Ravuna. So, so Rav Idi Baravan is hearing, right, Ravuna's shita from being said by Rav Chista as follows. Ha de Amr Chinui Makam Tzarch Levarach. This idea that when you change, right, this Bryce says, when you change places, you have to make a second bracha. 
Aha. So that's a qualification. We're talking about when you're going from one house to the other. But within the same house. So again, Goranowitz is eating a piece of chocolate upstairs and he makes a bracha. And then he goes downstairs, let's say, to a social hall downstairs, as it were. So it, he's within the same building. He presumably would not have to make another bracha on his chocolate bar. Okay? But there's more. Amalei Ravidi Bar Avin. So to that, Ravidi Bar says, Hachi Tanina Lebe Masnisa Devei Rav Henek. We learned this in the Brisa of Rav Henek Shul, or Beis Madrash. Amalei Lebe Masnisa Devei Bar Henek. Some say it wasn't Rav Henek, but Bar Henek. Anyway, Kavaseich. We learned like you. There we had, we were in yeshiva, we learned exactly like you, uh, what you said, that change of place within the same house, you don't have to make another bracha. Okay. However, the Elah Ravuna Masnisa Kamashmalan, so now the Gemara asks an interesting question. Ravuna, right, was supposedly giving this, or giving over this teaching, right? But this was an Afana Brisa. In other words, this was, uh, in Israel they say, Logilita Tamelika. Right, he's saying over a brisa that everybody knows, and we're talking about it as if it's some chiddush we learned in the base medrash. But everybody knows this brisa. Rabbi Yochanan apparently was not aware of it, but everybody knows that when you change mimakom lemakom, right, that you that you what that you have shinu makom tzarich levarich, and that that's true, uh, right? That shinu tzarich levarich. So to that, the Gemara answers Ravuna must nisa lo Ravuna had not heard of the brisa, so it sounds like this brisa. While it was undisputed, was was not heard of by everyone. Okay, and beyond that, let's now get dig into the brayas and see if we could qualify it a little bit more. To all this, Rav Chista, who quoted this din, start, said something in his own name. Right, he had his own chiddush to add to this as follows: Now, this is an an, an important detail. This whole idea of where you have to make another bracha when you change, let's say, from one house to the other, lo amran elabidvarm she'ein te'unin bracha lachrein bimkoman. Aha. This is only said, now we're going to really split the difference here, where the only time, right, that you have to make another bracha is when you're eating, let's say, a shahakal, we'll call it. What's a davar she'ein te'unin bracha lachrein bimkoman? So certainly a motzi, right? Certainly this is going to be a little bit of a subject of dispute in the Rishonim. But uh, when we make mizonos, what we call mizonos, we have to make a, right? So we have to make an alamichi afterwards. When we make, uh, when we break bread and we make an actual suda, then we have to bench afterwards. So it's, uh, it's not 100% clear which one he's referring to here. Um, but be that as it may, we're going to talk a little bit about this distinction. What... Rav Chista is teaching us is as follows, and this ends up being very, very important. The halacha, right? If you make a bra, if you make let's let's call it benching, okay? So let's say you start your suda, right? This this is halacha uh, according to many shitas, true of mizonos also. But let's say you start your suda right in one place. You have your suda, and then you move to another place. So the question would be. Is it the same thing as having a chocolate bar in one place and moving to the other place? So if Chissa says no, which is to say, if you had hamboitzi and you moved to another place, so then you don't have to make another bracha, uh, another bracha rishona. Whereas if you have a chocolate bar and you move from one place to another, you do have to make a bracha rishona. 
We're going to explain it. But first, let's read it inside. He says again, that, that you only have to make a bracha with a chocolate bar because that's something that, even though, again, we, of course, we make a bracha rishon and a bracha on a chocolate bar, we make a bar and a fashos, but that's not the kind of bracha lachrehen that we're talking about. We're talking about a real, right, uh, either ala mechia or, or benching. Right? Come on, those foods that have to have the bracha afterwards in the place where they were eaten, there, you don't have to make another bracha rishona. My taima, so let's see what the reason, because he's returning to the original place. Now again, this is obviously a lot here. We'll just tease out some of the potential questions. First of all, as we already mentioned, what is a food that requires a bracha before and after? So we're going to assume it's either mizonos or, right, or hamotzi. Right, that's number one. Number two, what does it mean returning to the original setting and why Lakiva Kamahadar and why would that affect it? So on the surface, in the most simple way, as follows. Because if you have a Suda, then you have two options. Once you're Kovea Suda, we'll call it, right? Then really you're supposed to go back and make a bracha, right? You make a bracha Rishona, you have your Suda, and then you're supposed to make your bracha Chrona in the same place where you made your bracha Rishona. Now, because that's a real kviya suda, right? That's a, that is a real meal, we'll call it. So once you're having this meal, so then really there's, the meal is like location stamped, right? That has a location to it. So much so, meals are, are, are supposed to come with a location, right? Because you set a place for the meal. So you're really supposed to do, as the Gemara says, right? That to unim koman. Right, that you have to go back to the place where you have your bracha rishona because it's a meal. So because we'll call it a meal and the meal comes with a setting, you got to go back to the scene of the meal in order to have both the bracha rishona and the bracha rishona at the said meal. Were you to change locations, right, I start off eating in my house, then I realize I forgot I was invited to Andrew's house. Were it such a thing to ever miraculously occur, just saying. So if that were to happen... So then what would happen is I would have to have in mind to change locations to Andrew's house, right? Aha. So amazingly, because a meal comes with a setting, once I change my setting, it's like I've shifted the meal over, right? I have two options, either to go back to the original setting or to shift the setting to the second location. But either way, because I'm shifting the entire setting, then ironically, I don't need to make a new bracha rishona because I have to, like that was all included in my kavana of my original bracha rishona of hamotzi, we'll say, is the idea, and we, we, we're familiar with this somewhat, right? To make hamotzi in mind to continue my suda elsewhere, right? So that's, that's a concept that you don't have by your chocolate bar, right? I made a shahakwa on my chocolate bar in, Mardik, in mind to continue my chocolate bar elsewhere. So this is the halacha that we're learning now. That's like the, the essence of what's going on here. That a suda, a meal, is something that you can have in mind to continue. Because it's like uh, an event that's tied to a setting that you have in mind to actually shift settings and the whole thing shifts, including the bracha rishona. As opposed to just like a shahakal where you can't have in mind because it's not really associated with a setting. So every location that you would take your chocolate bar to, you would have to make a new bracha. Now, the other issue here, and Tosas brings it up, is do you have to make a new bracha achrona? 
Like at what point are you making a new bracha chrona? At what point do you make a new bracha rishona? This is already, again, this is a bracha's topic that is not the essence of what this stuff is, uh, is talking about. But certainly if you wanted to, right, flesh out the real halacha here, um, sometimes when you know you're moving from one location to another, then certainly uh, the bracha chrona you would not have to say, and you'd also, you would just have to make the bracha rishona. Right? So in other words, let's say you have a chocolate bar and you moved locations. So you have to make a new bracha rishona. But before you make the new bracha rishona, do you have to make a bracha achrona <laughs> on, on the old location? So that, so the assumption is presumably not. You're only making a new bracha rishona. And in fact, the bracha achrona you'll make after you finish the chocolate bar in your new location and after you've made the additional bracha rishona. But that is in fact a truly fascinating topic that's brought out um, that's brought out over here with regards to the idea of Kiddush Malkam Suda and now simply the idea of making changing a bracha from one place to the other. Okay. So that was the position, right? So that was Rav Chista. To that, Rav Shesha said, Rav Sheshes, Amar, Echad Zeh Ve'echad Zeh Tzarech Levarech. Right? That in both cases, right, both for foods that require the bracha chrona, whether it's Shehakal, or whether it, you're talking about Mizonos, they would still require another bracha rishona when you change place from one to the other. Now the Gemara is going to say mesve this idea of avchista that you had to that you didn't have to change it. So it says like this: Let's say you had a group of people. They were you know mesubin over here, right? It sounds like they're uh, that like they're at the seder, but basically in those days they used to recline a little bit and they're drinking. Fine. That was uh, that's a, that to us we we associated with the seder, but in those days they did it. Uh, more commonly. Anyway, so they're drinking. And now they're going to Chasna. Okay. So they're going it out. Right? So now when they go out, they don't have to say a bracha chrono. This brings out, again, a little bit what we were saying before. They don't have to make a bracha chrono. Right? And when they go back, they don't have to make another so basically, what did they do? They were drinking, and they interrupted their drinking to go out. So, so right. So, what's going on over here in this brisa is that basically you have a yain drinking thing. You're drinking. You're going out, and then you're coming back. So you're interrupting it. So you might think that you'd have to right that you'd have to make a bracha chorona when you leave, and then make a new bracha rishona when you when you get back. But so far, the Brisa says you don't have to. Now, says the, right, says the Gemara, or it says the Brisa continues. Aha. The only time this qualification becomes critical and becomes a challenge to Vchista, the only time that you say that you don't have to make a new bracha achorna when you leave and a new bracha rishonah when you return is if somebody stayed back. Now, you know, it's giving the example of an older, sick person who is too, too tired to party and to go out. But really, it would be anybody. It doesn't have to be an older, sick person, obviously, right? So you leave somebody behind, basically, to keep the, keep the seats warm, so to speak, back where you, had the, where you were reclining. But if they don't have anybody at all, it's all a bunch of young, able-bodied people, they're all running out and they leave the place abandoned. So then, in that case, there's the challenge to Vchista. That when they go, if you're in fact clearing the place out, right, 
then you are in fact going to have to make a bracha achronim when you leave, and then you're going to have to make a bracha rishona again when you come back. So we see that in fact the only thing that would that that would stop you would be if you left somebody behind. But if you didn't, you in fact do have to make a bracha when you when you move. So now the gemara is going to prove a little bit. It's going to tease out. It's going to spell it out for you as follows. Midiktani. In fact, the Brayta teaches akru araglaya and miklal dibidvarim hatuunin bracha lachreim bimkoma maskinan. Aha. So, so he says, look carefully at the Brysa. The Brysa said the words, Akru Raglayim. Akru Raglayim means that you're what? You're uprooting yourself. Nobody uproots themselves from a chocolate bar, right? <laughs> you're not, that's not uprooting. That's just leaving, right? That's just walking around, right, with a chocolate bar. Uprooting makes it sound like this was something that was Kovea Makom, right? Uprooting means that there was a, some sort of setting where you're having like a meal with a setting, right? You're talking about drinks like yain, where where they actually have to have a bracha rishona, a bracha achrona, and the only reason says the gemara v'taima de nichosham zaken achola, and and yet despite the fact, aha, this is how it's a challenge to chista, because despite the fact that they were kovea suda, that's how we would call it, right? Despite the fact that they were kovea suda, the akur raglaim implies that they were kovea suda. And still, despite the fact that they are Kovea Suda, they still have to rely on the old guy that stayed behind in order to be able to not have to make a bracha achron and bracha rishona. That's only because if they, it says the Gemara, that's only because they left the person behind. But if they didn't leave somebody behind and they, they clear the place out, and so we have a kasha on of chista. There's a big, big discussion over here about whether you would just need, again, the, the bracha, be, right, the, another bracha, or a bracha rishana. Um, this would be a good place to stop. We're going to continue on the last line of Kuf Aleph Ahmed Bey's tomorrow on analysis of this idea of change, Mishan and Makom. And and having to make another bracha. I think so. Mishana Makam. I guess because they were moving.